You've survived another week. Thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing to the Black Man with a Gun Show. You know, most sporting coaches know that the mind is your primary weapon. The psychology of the shooter is very important. We're going to get into the mind with Dr. David Zerung and talk about the color codes developed by Jeff Cooper. I got a comedian, Ambrose Jones, at the end, and uh, MJ is going to give us some training tips talking about ammo. All this and more, and also the secret of Black Friday, is coming up next. Welcome to the Black Man with the Gun Show, produced by the Blanchard Media Group, sponsored by Crossbreed Holsters and amazing patrons like you. On a dusty road, good loving, I got a truckload. And when you get it, you got something. So don't worry, cause I'm coming. I'm a soul man. I'm a soul man. I'm a soul man. I'm a soul man. This pro-gun program has provided information, inspiration, entertainment for the cool people in the gun community since 2007. And I'm your fun-loving host, Reverend Ken Blanchard. And this experience starts after John Wayne leads us in the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. I started my firearms career around the time of a TV series that talked about the adventures of the vice squad detectives of the Miami Police Department. You may have remembered it. Don Johnson and Philip Michael Thomas were the stars, as well as two beautiful women, Sandra Santiago and Olivia Brown, and the very cool Edward James Almost. I'm talking about Miami Vice, and back in the day, that was the rave. My instructors had all come from a place out in Arizona, and they were all talking about this old, grubbly Marine guy who had this thing called a modern technique. Yeah. He used the weaver stance. Talked about the draw stroke. He had this thing called condition one, two, three, four, and even zero, about carrying his 45, his 1911. And he had a code for danger, color codes, which I'm going to talk about next. Colonel Jeff Cooper said we're all in different states of readiness. Condition white was the lowest level on the escalator. In condition white, you are unaware, not alert, oblivious. And this state can be characterized by daydreaming or being preoccupied. People in condition white usually walk around with their heads down and watching their own feet. They can't see danger coming if it had symbols. And you can see that pretty frequently in our area right now. Condition yellow is a relaxed state of general alertness with no specific focal point. You're not looking for anything or anyone in particular. You simply have your head up and your eyes open. You are alert and aware of your surroundings. You are difficult to surprise. Therefore, you are difficult to harm. You don't expect to be attacked today, 
you just simply realize it could be a possibility. Then there's condition orange. This is the heightened state of alertness with a specific focal point. The entire difference between yellow and orange is the specific target for your attention. Your focal point is the person who is doing whatever drew your attention to him or her. It might be the fact that he or she is wearing a field jacket in the middle of July. It might be that they're standing by a column in a parking garage instead of going into a building or getting into a car. It might be they just are looking around at too many people and then his actions have caused you to take notice of him and you must assess him as a potential threat just as a fighter pilot assesses the blip on the screen. Condition red, you're ready to fight. You may or may not actually be fighting, but you are mentally prepared to do so. And so many, perhaps even most circumstances where you have gone fully to red, you will not actually physically do anything at all. The entire process of escalating from yellow to orange to red and then de-escalating right back down the scale as needed occurs without actual physical activity on your part. The key is that you are mentally prepared to do so and ready for conflict and physically able to act if the situation demanded it to be so. That all sounds really cool, doesn't it? And most of us already know this in some ways or another. A lot of us have been in combat, have been in some scrap of some type, have actually studied this stuff. But there are a growing number of the warriors, the new ones, who don't know. And I'm here to tell both old and new that you can't stay in yellow, orange, or red for a long time. It will wear you out even if you are and you think you are Superman. You can and must be in condition white when you're home. You got to find a place that's safe, the fortress of solitude, some place where you can close the doors, lock everything up, put the alarm systems on, put the dog at your feet, and turn off your mind. When you have sufficient layers of protection and warning to enable you to shut it all down, please do. You need the rest. But once you have all those layers and you have stuff that can alarm you when danger is coming and allow you to get up and get on your gear and put your head on back on the swivel, that's cool. Because when you leave your home, you leave Condition White behind. That's the only place where it's okay. The instant you leave your home, you got to escalate one level, and that's to Condition Yellow. Now, with all that's going on in the world, all the negatives, all the anger, all the angst, all the frustrations, um, all the terrorism, all the crime, the crazy guy next door has made you pretty wary. I know. I'm just saying, be careful. You can burn yourself out. We are a different breed. We are. Our eyes get tired. It's not from reading either. It's from watching all the hands. All the movement, all the action. There's a reason that predators in the wild have big eyes. They see a lot. Your eyes are tired. And it's connected right to your brain, which also fatigues you and makes you grumpy. And please, don't be sleep deprived. Oh my goodness. You'll be a grumpy somebody. And if you've been in combat of any type, if you've had any stress related to that kind of stuff, that world. What's going on now can actually bring it up to you right now and make you a little bit more tired, a little bit more angry, a little bit more frustrated. Am I talking to somebody? I'm just letting you know that this time of the year, 
is a time when folks like you and I can get a little blue. We're tired. Yeah. You've been watching people all year for the last 11 months. I'm letting you know that before depression sets in, you got to know what it is, what's wrong with you, and how you can get out of it. All those conditions from Jeff Cooper and um, all that stuff that we learned, we need all that. But you got to also know the signs in your head. We're not like everybody else. You are a warrior. If you'd be on Star Trek, you'd be a Klingon, most likely. You understand what I'm talking about? So I asked my friend, Dr. David Zarug, to talk to us about depression, about just mental stuff that you don't have to go to a shrink to find out. You with me? Dr. Z is up next. There's two reasons to kill. Survival and meat. We need meat. Dr. Zarung, welcome to the show, man. Hey, Ken. Thanks for having me on the show. Man, uh, you're a longtime friend, and I got a chance to be in a couple of your videos. And I was thinking about the state of the community at the moment. And there's a lot of negative stuff happening. And we got the season where everybody can get the winter blues if they have them. Um, and depression popped into my head of, as being a topic of discussion. And I wanted to get some expert talks, some expert thoughts um, f- about it. So what is depression, man? Uh, well, Ken, depression is basically sadness with diminished enjoyment, uh, energy, patience, hope. Um, usually there's a more negative view of, of oneself or others. Uh, so kind of down on yourself or, or down on the state of the world <laughs> or other people. Uh, oftentimes when people are depressed, they'll, they'll, in a conversation, they'll say that they're down, low, blah, mm-hmm. empty. Um, I usually describe it as, a, as mental and emotional exhaustion. Um, in uh, First Kings, I, I know that uh, some of your uh, almost said viewers, but uh, listeners, I guess, um, uh, are familiar with the Bible. And uh, in First Kings, Elijah does all these major achievements physically. He's outrunning uh, chariots. He's doing spiritual. He's like miracles and stuff. Uh, but then in chapter 19, he hits the wall, and uh, 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 Jezebel threatens his life and he runs out into the wilderness. And he sits down under a bush, and he literally prays to die. Now, God took an interesting approach. Instead of rebuking him for, you know, Elijah's lack of faith or weakness or or whatever, uh, God sent an angel to look after Elijah's basic needs, food, water, and sleep. And, you know, so I, I talk about that as kind of a model of, uh, you know, sometimes uh, when we're burnt out, uh, we need to just uh, listen to that signal and say, hey, you know, it's time to take a break and get recharged. Uh, sometimes it's good to take a break and take care of the basics, nutrition, sleep, and uh, even play. I heard that. Sometimes you can like over-diagnose yourself too, man. Can you be depressed but not like be at a clinical level? Yeah, um, uh, like some people might call uh, just kind of having the blues or feeling down in the mouth. Um, And that's part of the normal, everyday ups and downs uh, of living life. 
um, it, depression becomes quote unquote clinical uh, when it's causing a problem in your life. In other words, if it's a problem, it's a problem. Uh, if it's lasting uh, a couple of weeks or more and you just can't shake it, it's probably a problem. If friends and family are noticing and they're you know, making comments, it's probably a problem. If you're having a hard time crawling out of bed or trudging to work or taking care of business, uh, it's a problem. Uh, other symptoms of, of more clinical depression are significant changes in your appetite, uh, too much or too little, uh, sleep changes, weight changes, uh, again, uh, too much, too little, lack of mental sharpness, physical changes like agitation or just being a slug, uh, worthlessness, uh, excessive guilt. Um, and it can get bad enough where there's um, predominant thoughts about death and even suicide thoughts. Uh, Damn. And uh, by the way, I, I know that there are, I imagine that many of you listeners are veterans or law enforcement officers. And uh, as you know, suicide in these groups is a great concern in this years. And um, I, as I was thinking through your questions, um, uh, I happened to read this following quote, if you don't mind me reading it, from the book On Combat by Lieutenant Colonel Dave Postman. Okay. And he says, he, he, he encourages the reader, quote, so tell yourself this, nobody takes my life without one hell of a fight, including me. Say to yourself right now, I will fight for my life. I will seek counseling. I will get medication. I will leave no rock unturned. I will fight for my life like I would fight for my child's life because I'm a warrior and nobody takes my life without one hell of a fight, including me. If you pound that into your soul now, then at the moment of truth, you will do the right thing, end quote. Um, so that just came to my mind as I was thinking through um, your, your questions. Um, uh, and I hope that's an encouragement to some of your listeners. Um, you said that's from a book called On Combat? Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman, um, he is an author and speaker and trainer. Um, and um, uh, he he's credited with uh, developing the Sheep Dog concept in an article a number of years ago. Yeah. Okay. So what we need to do to move past that point when we get stuck? Um, uh, one way to organize all the strategies that are available to deal with depression or anxiety or any other mood difficulties is uh, to think of a circle. Um, and, uh, that circle represents our surroundings, including the people around us. Inside that circle are five more circles representing our emotions, thoughts, spirituality, actions, our body. You can't see me, but I'm doing hand gestures. I'm talking with my hand. Um, okay. But all of, all of these circles influence each other. So if we're feeling depressed, we can intervene by using strategies in any of those other circles. So, for example, uh, one circle is thought life. Well, we can intervene by uh, practicing encouraging ourselves, challenging negativistic thoughts. Uh, some people call that stinking thinking. Mm -hmm. um, reminding ourselves of positive, true things in our life. We can address the spiritual side. Being connected spiritually helps uh, put everything else into perspective in our life. Um, for some folks, this includes prayer, scripture, reading, uh, inspirational reading and music, and attending church. Mm -hmm. Addressing actions is a big one. 
um, can the majority of your listeners compared to the general population are likely men and women of action. Yeah. And, and I usually start people out with the basics, like, like in first Kings, sleep as best you can, uh, nutrition as best you can. Um, by the way, I, I, uh, I worked with someone recently, uh, meltdown at work and, um, two of the contributing factors were, um, total lack of sleep for a few days and surviving just on snack cakes and Mountain Dew. <laughs> and, uh, that, that lifestyle doesn't support you very well. I know, right? So, uh, um, but, um, uh, so nutrition, best you can, physical movement or exercise, that's tolerated. Um, uh, these help the body, which in turn helps the mood. Um, now one action, this is not a cure all, but uh, just the other day, I, I, I got out of the car and walking from my car into the building at work. I reminded myself to physically look up and I noticed the sky and the clouds. I noticed the remaining leaves and the trees and, and the, the color. And that's one of the practices that, that I do um, in terms of regulating my own mood. You just physically look it up. It, it can help with that sense of self-confidence. It gives you that larger perspective, uh, seeing the horizon. Um, so even simple things about like um, looking up can be can be helpful. I like that. Um, um, thinking about our surroundings is also important. This could involve uh, conscious decisions, especially in the holidays, right? Mm-hmm. Moving toward positive people and away from negative people. Um, another action you can take, especially if depression is causing problems in your life, is to meet with someone like. Uh, minister, primary care provider, mental health provider. Um, and these folks, especially mental health provider and minister, can help with tips and strategies for dealing with these different circles, uh, expanding the toolbox about thoughts, spirituality, actions, surroundings. I'm talking with my hands again. You can't tell. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, they can help with the relaxation strategies, lower heart rate, blood pressure. It can actually... Changing the way you breathe, using deep breathing, can actually improve your immune function. So uh, wounds heal faster. Concentrations improve. Sleep's improved. Um, um, I've alluded to the body. Uh, the body, taking care of your body is crucial. Along with nutrition and exercise, um, of course, avoiding too much alcohol or other substances uh, is is part of improving the mood. Mm-hmm. Um, getting a physical, um, a lot of people don't realize this, but there's medical problems like thyroid problems, uh, sleep apnea and other things that can affect the mood. Um, so, um, also when you're talking with your primary care doc, um, you might talk about the possibility of medication or if you prefer go with the counter, uh, thing like St. John's work. Um, so, uh, just stray resources then can help, that can help organize these strategies too is uh, uh, a couple of apps uh, that I recommend. One is called Live Happy. Uh, I think the the developer company is Signal Patterns, and it takes happiness research by this uh, psychologist called uh, Sonia Laborski, distills it down to just a handful of core activities. Um, and the first one is... Uh, Kenny and I are talking around uh, Thanksgiving time and then it's going to be into Christmas. The first one is in this app is savor. 
And there's a lot of research showing that wherever you're at, if you can savor the moment, enjoy the moment, whether it's the, the colors of the leaves, whether it's the taste of that turkey and gravy or pumpkin pie, um, if it's that look in your kid's eyes, you know, uh, when they've just discovered something, any little moment that you can savor uh, helps your mood. Uh, the second one in that app is uh, social. Being connected, study after study shows that uh, despite everybody being having their flaws, <laughs> being connected with people is helpful mm-hmm. uh, for maintaining our mood. Um, and it also includes uh, things like striving to meet goals. Again, uh, your listeners likely are achievement-oriented and like working and, and stretching themselves working toward goals, and that's important. Uh, thankfulness and gratitude, huge um, and especially in the holiday uh, season. There's plenty of stuff. Um, that when we were talking it's shortly after the, the Paris attacks, uh, uh, plenty to be uh, kind of down. And, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But within that, there's also plenty to be uh, thankful for. And so uh, uh, keep, keep that in mind. Um, and then a positive outlook. Um, for gamers... Uh, uh, another app that I recommend um, for happiness is called Super Better. Um, it was developed by a game designer named Jane McGonagall. She she went through a traumatic brain injury and then uh, a depression, and and she did some research and organized some happiness research principles, and it, and it was helpful for her, and she ended up putting into that app. So. Um, um, Super oh, better, um, huh? yeah, super better. Uh, and uh, she has done a couple of TED talks on that. She has a website about super better. But, um, but think about suicide thoughts again. If if you haven't suicide thoughts, immediately reach out, tell a friend, family member, medical provider, mental health provider. I'm talking on my hands again, or uh, even go to the emergency department. Uh, Dialing 911 or National Suicide Prevention uh, Lifeline. That's 1-800-273-8255. And if you're a veteran, choose option one. Um, Oh, that's cool, man. That's cool. I know that also, you you mentioned St. John's Wort. My grandmother mentioned that. That's like an old root or something, isn't it? Yeah, it's an herb. Um, And uh, it's been around uh, uh, forever. And um, when researchers looked at it as um, similar similar properties to antidepressants, I think you can get that like at GNC or one of them health food places. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I forgot um, all about that one. Man, my grandmother knew some stuff. That was like before this stuff even <laughs> came out. You know, yeah, I think you think right. it's like you think it's like old wives' tale or some old crappy memory, uh, home remedy. You're like, ah, I ain't taking that stuff, Grandma. Get out of here with that. But that's mm-hmm. like that's like wild. That's still being used. Yeah, yeah. In fact, in in Germany, um, last I heard, um, it's actually as a prescription uh, uh, formulation for it. But here in the United States, it's just over the counter. Yeah. Wow. Well, one of the things when people like work in a dark place. Which, believe it or not, because of the gaming aspect and everybody watching so much movies, we, we kind of stay in a dark state. And I was just thinking that that, that seasonal um, affective disorder thing 
It's probably even worse now than ever before. But for those who don't know, what is that? Uh, well, can seasonal affective disorder uh, is uh, years ago. Um, uh, folks noticed that seasonal variations in mood, and most typically, that's uh, getting to like fall and winter times. Um, rarely, it's the opposite, and more spring summer. But most typically, um, uh, as the days get shorter. Um, mood tends to deteriorate. And it's it's interesting, at least to me, um, the further that you get from the equator, the higher the rate of seasonal affective disorder uh, because the further away can you get from the equator, the shorter the days are. Mm-hmm. The quicker it gets dark in the evenings and yeah, all that. My wife is the first one that says, man, when it gets dark, I want to go home. So she, she she makes sure she works early and gets the heck out of there just so she can catch the daylight coming home. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's a challenge for some folks, uh, depending on, you know, their shifts and that they work and stuff. Sometimes they don't see any light at all. <laughs> yeah. As armed person in this community, um, nobody really wants to talk about being a depressed person or having uh, issues or taking any meds. You got any recommendations for that? Yeah, um, a a springboard might be uh, a, a came across a nice article. It's written back in 2012, 2013, but I think it's still got some good stuff to it. It was written by a psychologist and a retired uh, police officer by the name of Joel Fay, and uh, uh, maybe we can include the link in the, in the show notes to that article. But um, he makes the case that if we have a problem we should have it treated. Um, and he dispels several common misconceptions about behavioral health care. Um, and one of the things he addresses, uh, one of the concerns that um, uh, law enforcement officers, other people who carry a gun for a living, or maybe even uh, concealed carry folks might be concerned about, he, based upon his experience, uh, there's a relatively low risk of administrative or legal problems when an officer is taking medication is involved in a shooting. So that could be, that could be, uh, some, uh, useful information, I think. Um, now, uh, so, uh, you know, he, he suggests that, uh, if, if you carry a gun for profession or concealed carry, um, and you take medication, ask your provider, say, hey, uh, you know, is this medication likely to impair me? If so, are there some other options that might impair me less in this particular area? Uh, um, and uh, if, if you carry professionally um, and there's a risk of being impaired, let your supervisor know. Hmm. Um, so what's the difference between a psychiatrist and a psychologist? A psychiatrist is a physician. They go to medical school uh, and then they do a residency in psychiatry. So most of them know most of them are medication experts. Some of them may have a little bit of therapy training, but primarily their job is medications for mental health. Psychologist has a, uh, uh, usually a doctorate, occasionally a master's degree in psychology, and um, they are, are usually not the medication people. They do more counseling, they do testing, consultation, things like that. Uh, and uh, so, so I'm a psychologist, and so I can't give medication advice. 
but if, if this might be just information on how I might approach the issue of medication mm-hmm. uh, and carrying firearm. Most of the medication families used to treat mental health difficulties are unlikely to cause impairments that would lead to lethal force, legal complications. Um, there are some pain in other medications that might slow our reaction time, which might be bad for our own safety, so that should be taken into account. But um, regarding this for legal complications, I personally would be most cautious about benzodiazepines. These are really commonly prescribed for anxiety or sleep difficulties. But they've been compared to alcohol in terms of how they work and their effects. And one big effect from alcohol we know is disinhibition, which means doing something you might not ordinarily do if you were thinking more clearly. Mm-hmm. So combining alcohol-like effects with carrying a legal we- lethal weapon in a tense situation might not be the best way to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but there's lots of other excellent medication options that do not cause disinhibition. So bottom line, talk to primary care doc. Uh, be upfront frank about, hey, these are the benefits I'm most interested in, and these are the side effects I most want to avoid. Okay, so most people or anybody who's taken um, medication for PTSD or whatever, it's really no big deal for them to be armed if they, everybody knows what they're, what they're doing, I guess, as an occupation. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, there are many, many uh, law enforcement, correctional officer, uh, and other folks who carry firearms uh, for a living who uh, have PTSD. Uh, either from uh, combat um, or for from other uh, situations, um, and and they do great, and they don't have problems with uh, their departments or their agencies. The the it comes down to the, just a practical issue of impairment. So if I have PTSD and my PTSD is so severe that um, uh, I can't function in my job. Well, you know, um, it, it's good to be uh, frank about that. But if I have PTSD, but in my day-to-day uh, life as a police officer, um, um, you know, my judgment's not impaired. Uh, hey, it's it's uh, you know that, that's that's the practical issue is impairment. Gotcha, man. You just took us through like some heavy subjects. I, I really appreciate that too, because. It's kind of like that big elephant in the room that nobody wants to talk about, but I care about the people that listen to this show, and I wanted to like get the stuff out so that you know that you're okay, and I'm okay, and we're okay, and if you do got a problem, you know where to go. Yeah, um, and and uh, especially I think in the in the gun community, um, it's a little bit harder to talk about such things. Um, and Kenny and I were talking uh, before we went on the air about uh, this particular season with uh, the increase in terrorist attacks. Mm. I think it's a uh, a good time to, yes, be aware, be prepared, uh, have a realistic mindset, but it's also a great time to choose life and living well. And part of life and living well is uh, play and laughter and uh, enjoying our relationships. And, uh, and friendships. Yeah. Don't forget to live. Which is kind of the ultimate victory over, over terrorism, right? Yeah. Um, That's really cool. 
Thanks, Doc. I appreciate it, man. I got some stuff to think about, and I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us here on the show. Well, Ken, again, I appreciate uh, you having me on the show, and uh, I wish uh, all the best to you and yours in this holiday season. Oh, thank you so much, man. And if I need to pull your coat one more time, can I call you back? Oh, absolutely, Ken. All right, man. Thank you so much. All right. Take care, Ken. All right. Being an armed citizen means having a gun with you all the time. Carrying a firearm every day requires a holster that is both concealable and comfortable. Whether you choose our Super Tuck Deluxe or Mini Tuck, you'll have the confidence that comes from being discreetly and comfortably armed, prepared to face unforeseen dangers. Crossbreed holsters are handmade in the USA, come with a lifetime warranty and a two-week try-it-free guarantee. Order your holster today at crossbreedholsters.com. Hogger Watches. In a northwestern city of Maryland, known as Hagerstown, a new watch company begins. The watch is called Hogger. It is designed by a U.S. veteran, a watch aficionado, a patriot that wanted to leave his mark in history, offering a quality watch for the active person that didn't break the bank. Automatic movement, water-resistant to three atmospheres. The Commando features a unique fighting knife logo on the back, and the Urban Commando look. It's not too big and looks at home both in the office or in the field. Hoggerwatches.com. Get yours today. Why is it when you start broadcasting that your dog comes in there and starts licking themselves, making all those foul sounds, and hopefully you can't hear it on the microphone because it's real distracting. But aside from that, check out Hogger Watches. Um, Pete has some stuff up there now that's even cooler than when he first started. Next up, MJ Woodland. Thank you, Ken, and welcome to another tip segment. I am Michael Woodland from m-wtactical.com, and before we start the segment today, we at m-wtactical would like to send our condolences to the people of Paris and Mali for the tragedy that took place in their city. May you stay strong during this time of rebuilding. Today we have a question coming out of Charlotte, North Carolina from Ira Alexander from the M-W Tactical Facebook page. And he asked, what is the best ammo to have when your funds are limited? Thank you, Ira. And to answer your question, your options are limitless. Normally when people come to my classes and their firearms are having numerous malfunctions, nine times out of ten, it's the brand of ammo they decided to use. This is nothing more than a person not knowing the difference in brands or just trying to stretch a dollar to get some training. Never purchasing any ammo that would cause my weapons to malfunction, my research led me to a number of brands that never gave me any issues while training or shooting competitions. The one brand I would always suggest to those who don't have the funds to purchase the higher brand of ammo would be UMC. Having limited funds when I first began shooting competitions, I would go to Walmart and purchase a box of UMC ammo and get 250 rounds for under $80 at that time. That box would take me through the match of the day with a little bit left over so I can work on some slow fire drills later in the week. Last week we talked about dry firing and this is another way I kept my training going without spending money on ammo. This was a cheaper approach to reaching my desired goal at the same time pinching the pennies to stay effective at the competitions. Adding a variety of drills while you dry fire 
will add to your performance being enhanced with live rounds. For instance, concentrating on the front sight and pulling the trigger straight back was more of a challenge for me, especially when you add in running and walking into the equation. Taking notice on how repeating the drill over a number of times will build a pattern that later became second nature, this bit of training had me focusing more on just walking or running instead of pulling the trigger. So, to answer your question, do a little research on the ammo you think will serve your purpose, throw in some dry fire drills, and get the most out of the ammo quantity you have to keep your time on the range and discovery of betterment with the dedicated time you spent on practicing. Before you know it, you will be keeping up with your buddy at the range who puts in more time with the various shot patterns on a target compared to your well-aimed shot groups. Ira, for your submission of the week, you will be receiving a shirt from Grunt Stop Tactical Gear a veteran-owned company operated by a member of the military fighting force. Grunt Stomp Tactical is a sponsor of me, Michael Woodland, and they take care of all my shooting supply needs for competitions. Visit them at www.gruntstomp.com and tell them you heard about their great prices on the Black Man with a Gun podcast. Tune in next week as we will answer another question from the audience. Visit us on Facebook at M-W Tactical in the search bar and let us know what questions you may have to improve your shooting. Submit your questions on the M-W Tactical Facebook page or Twitter page at MJ Woodland and win a prize from us if your question is selected. Until next week, keep shooting, keep practicing, and have fun. Ken, before I turn it back over to you, what were some of the challenges you had with ammo selection when you first started shooting? Back to you. Oh, man. Truth be told, I had no challenges except for when I had to buy my own ammo. I was a government guy, so I had a tractor trailer full of full of ball ammo. All my stuff was provided, all of it, and I wasted it none. I shot to my heart's content. And, of course, that was many, many moons ago. Next up, I got a special treat for you. A friend of mine, comedian Ambrose Jones, has a new comedy album out, available now on iTunes. I want to give you a little sampling of it to kind of help you through the moody time of the year to make you laugh. I'm hoping that you like him as much as I do. You can check him out on iTunes, comedian Ambrose Jones, and he's up next. I'm single, that's why I've been on ChrisDomingo.com trying to find my... <laughs> Let me let y'all know this. Them ain't no real Christians on ChrisDomingo.com. Them the same women on Facebook. Y'all can't fool me. They got the same profile picture and everything. You ain't gonna switch the picture up? I was, I was browsing through Christian Mingle one day. I had ran into the first lady of the church. I was like, is this the damn first lady, man? What the hell is she doing on here? And she be looking good every Sunday. So I hit her up. I'm like, hey, how you, how you doing, miss? I think she, I, I thought she ain't going to hit me back. She, hey, how you doing? You a comedian at the church? And I was like, yes, ma'am. 
She said, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. Next Sunday, you get to sit up front with the motherboard. I was like, ooh, I don't, why are you going to put me up there with the motherboard? I don't, I don't know if y'all know this. The motherboard of the church is the older women that sit up front. They didn't already had sex with the pastor already. <laughs> the women in the back, they trying to get up there where they at. They, y'all didn't know that? Y'all didn't? Why y'all gonna put me up there with this? I got some of the old women here looking at me. That is not right, Ambrose. I did that the last show. Uh, that girl came up to me and said, that ain't right what you say about the motherboard. My grandma sit in the motherboard. I said, well, if the shoe fit, tie it up. Huh? <laughs> in the south boy we, we got the most churches boy but the less people go to them boy. <laughs> I hate going to my church too my preacher had you touching on them people too much when you go to my church I don't know about y'all out here but in the south they had you working too much you know as soon as you walk in church you sit down stand up and give at least three people a hug you be like look man I got a hangover if I stand up I might fall back down can you just do your sermon so we can get the hell up out of here, sir? Now, I already came in here 30 minutes late. I be sitting in church hungry. They don't feed us like they used to in church, do they? Remember back in the day we was little, they used to feed us every Sunday. That's why I used to go. Nowadays, you be in church, your stomach be growling. I go to an old Baptist church. They be singing them old hymns and that. Be, mm, mm, mm. I don't know what it is about that damn song. Maybe hungry. It's... You will be sitting in church, sitting next to that old lady. She be eating on some candy. You ask her for a piece. And she give you one of them salt peppermints, the round kind. The ones you put in your mouth and it just dissolve everywhere. You know what I'm talking about. Sometimes they come in two little halves. She gave me one of them. Boy, I ate that gin up. I turned around and asked her for another. She told me she ain't got no more. I said, you got some more of that damn candy in your purse? Don't play with me like that. I'm homeless. Like, you're an old lady. You got a big bag of that candy in your purse. Stop lying. Don't be lying in church. Like, knock that wig off your head. Don't be hungry in church, man. My preacher's favorite thing to do is grab your neighbor hand and ask somebody bless. One Sunday, I'm sitting in church next to this real pretty female. She got a wig on, makeup did, all up, pretty dress. Soon as he said that, I look over at her. I already see her frowning because she don't want nobody touching on her. You know what I'm saying? But I'm like, let's go on and get this over with because the preacher said do it. And he said, grab your neighbor's hands, ask somebody blessed. I look over at her, grab her hand, squeeze it a little bit. I said, are you blessed? She was like, yes, I am. Are you blessed? I was like, yes, I am. How come... I turn back around and look at the preacher at my peripheral vision. I can see her digging in her purse getting some hand sanitizer out. <laughs> Putting it on her hand like I got something on my damn hand. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how church people do you, though, ain't it? Like, I wanted to curse her out, but I couldn't do it because we was in church. Now, if we was outside the church, I would have cursed her ass out. I had to come back with something. I just looked at her and said, hey, you got some more of that hand sanitizer? Yeah, I want to put some with my hands, too. I don't know where your damn hands been. 
something like you pretty and light skinned, you get a lot of attention. Ain't no telling how many penises your hand have been around. What? Y'all didn't say that when she put the hand sanitizer on? What the hell I got on my hands? <laughs> I got some ooh. Trying to get myself together. I ain't right. I'm trying, trying to get myself right. Yeah, get yourself right too. Check out Ambrose Jones the third comedian Ambrose Jones on iTunes. You'll find him on YouTube. You'll find him on Twitter on quite a few things. Um, the last comic standing, they called him the country Chris Rock. And I thought that was kind of cool. He's a nice guy, just like you. That's why I wanted to share a little of his stuff here for the benefit of those who might need a little laugh. You know, I know I do. I'm hoping you have a really good Thanksgiving. I'm hoping you get the big piece of chicken. I'm hoping that, you know, that crazy cousin or aunt doesn't show up this time. And um, you have the best weekend ever. Remember that Black Friday originally um, was to celebrate all your black friends? Yeah, that's what Black Friday really was about. Don't forget. Don't get it twisted. Don't let the commercialism get to you. Black Friday is to celebrate all your black friends. Say it again. I hope at least you love me. This is your friend and your brother from another mother, the Reverend Ken Blanchard. I want to thank Doc for being a part of this and let me know that a burden shared is half the weight. Again, thanks to the Doc, and thank you for being here again. Please consider supporting the podcast at patreon.com forward slash black man with a gun. You don't know how much that means to me. This is just one of the shows from the Blanchard Media Group. BlanchardMediaGroup.com That means it's time to go. I want to thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing to this week's show. If I said something that made sense to you, feel free to share it with a friend. And if I didn't, or you have something to share with me, send me an email to blackmanwithagun at gmail.com. You can find all my links on social media at blackmanwithagun.com or blanchardmediagroup.com. And just in case nobody has told you this week, I love you. And it's not a darn thing you can do about it. This is your friend and brother from another mother, Ken Blanchard. Shalom, baby.